Hello, party people. You are listening to Two Broads, a very special edition of the podcast, I have to say. This is the first ever, meaning I have the great honor of creating the first ever mini pod that we will be doing here for season three. That being said, I don't really know what I'm doing, guys. Kayla's not here to rein me in or keep me on schedule or to tell me when what I'm saying is no longer interesting. So bear with me. This might be rough. Hopefully we get better. And um, please don't pit my mini pods against Kayla's, although I'm sure the analytics are going to do that anyway. All that to be said, I'm going to sit down and I have a couple of story times and a quick just brain tangent ramble for you guys because it's been confusing up here in the old noggin and it would be really helpful just to kind of word vomit everything that I've been thinking. It's kind of like when you're in the shower, you know, and you're washing your hair and you just start daydreaming about your life and like what is the point and why are we all here and capitalism sucks and then you just kind of fall down that Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. Yeah. That's what we're doing. That's the goal for mini pods. We'll see how far we get. And uh, we're going to try to keep it under 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I don't know. We'll see how long I can uh, make this and also how much is salvageable for the edit. So buckle up. We are going to get going. And there's going to be some pauses in here because sis needs a break to get some water. We are trying to be hydrated, hot girl summer vibes. So that being said, I'm going to take my first little sip and then uh, we will just roll right into it. All right, guys. So to give you some background into why the heck I'm going to be rambling today, um, a while ago, maybe, oh, honestly, probably like six months ago, my family, meaning my mom, my dad, my brother, my immediate family, actually lost our family dog that we've had since I was probably like eight or so. That might be wrong. I don't know how to do math, apparently. But long story short, we had him for a long time. He was the cutest little bundle of fluff, and he was so sweet and so talented, and We actually, when we found him, adopted him from one of those like PetSmart adoption days, or maybe it's Petco, I don't really know, but we literally just showed up and said, hey, if we see a dog we like, we'll we'll adopt him and that'll be it. So we wandered around to a few of those and then we did stumble upon our puppy, but the fun story is that he actually wasn't like a, a shelter dog that had been sitting there for a while. Um, he actually came from this older couple that just kind of decided, hey, we're too old to care for this puppy. He was probably like two years old at the time. We didn't have like an actual estimate, um, or like a birth certificate or anything to go off of. So we just guessed he was probably around two when we picked him up. But, um, this old couple basically just brought their dog to this adoption days and said, hey, can we leave him here with you and see if he gets adopted today because we can't care for him anymore said goodbye, parted ways, and left our puppy there, well, our soon-to-be puppy, there at this pet mart. So I just think it's crazy that, you know, we happened to stumble upon him that day. It's not like we'd been looking for a dog for weeks. We were just, like, looking and maybe seeing if there was something. My parents had uh, lost another dog previously, so they were still trying to see if they were ready for a new puppy. Because it's hard, you know, when you lose an animal and trying to sit and decide like am I ready for the heartache of bringing on another one is it too soon you kind of go through all the emotions but we just happened to stumble into that pet smart hours 
after this old couple dropped him off and we said absolutely this is our dog um so that was our our first family dog who unfortunately passed away a little bit ago and today actually literally in a couple of hours my parents are rehoming another dog who is supposed to be the cutest thing i haven't seen him yet very excited to meet him later today no i will not be bringing abby to meet him i don't need to terrify him his first day in a new home but um it's a, it's another similar story you know my mom had a friend who moved somewhere and this dog was just not adjusting to the new home to the new people and you know he ended up being in his crate a lot of the time so it was just not a good situation and his current owner just felt awful about it because obviously when you get an animal it doesn't matter cat dog squirrel bunny i don't know um you want to give them the best life you can you know with the means that you have and your financial situation and your home life situation and unfortunately for some some people some animals it just doesn't work out it's just not the right fit and to try to force it anymore is just it's just mean um so i have big props to this lady who is you know making the choice to rehome her dog um and very excited for my parents because i think it'll be uh you know a good addition to their family but all of that to be said i was sitting in the shower not really sitting, that's, we only do that when we're sad. Um, I was in the shower washing my hair and just thinking through, you know, I was not expecting my parents to get another dog for such a long time. I mean, like the first time that we had, you know, a family pet pass away, I think it literally took my mom like three or four years to even consider getting a new one. And it hasn't even been a full year since our previous family dog passed um, that we are opening or they are opening their home and our family to this new animal. Um, and it kind of just shows you that you don't really have any control over your life. I mean, obviously my parents could have said no, but I mean, why would you say no? It's Puppy is so cute, guys. Like, there's no way we would have said no. Um, but, you know, as much as you plan and as much as you try to set personal boundaries on stuff like this, Sometimes life just says, hey, here's an amazing opportunity. It doesn't align with anything that you've planned, but I think it's going to be really, really good for you. Do you want it? And it's really hard to put aside everything that you've personally already planned out to accept this new change into your life and to, you know, agree to take it on and kind of pivot and change course. And it just got me thinking, you know, is there even a point to planning stuff? I think our generation, and by our generation, I mean like, you know, we're not technically millennials, but we're also not like middle of Gen Z, like we're kind of on the cusp, like right now you're probably like 22, 24, 2020, 20, I don't know. You know what I'm saying, if it's you, it's you, if you know, you know. But I think we're all kind of at this point where we've been told growing up that, hey, you have to have a plan for when you're older. Where do you want to live? What kind of job do you want to have? Where do you want to go to college? All of it. And is there even a point? Because I'm sitting here and I've graduated from college. I, I stuck through my degree. I didn't change my mind. And the job that I have today, not even a year and a half after graduating, 
looks a lot different than what I went to school for. It's awesome and we love it, but it's definitely not what I was planning to do. And it's not like I was, you know, looking at that major even when I was in school. So it's just like crazy how shit changes on you so fast. Now, going back to my parents and this dog, I think that part of the reason they were so open to a new change so fast is because my parents are very different people at their core. My mom, kind of like me, is a die-hard planner. Like, she needs to have something planned out a year in advance and give her the time to be excited about it. Like, we're going on vacation next week, and she has been looking forward to this vacation literally since she booked it back in, like, November or December, and it's all that she's been talking about. So she is a hardcore, die-hard planner. She does not feel comfortable jumping into situations, you know, kind of unexpectedly, spontaneously. And my dad is the complete opposite. He doesn't want to plan things to death. He thinks, you know, life is more fun when you don't have a plan and you're just kind of figuring it out. To give you a really concrete example, my mom always has the GPS on and my dad hardly ever has the GPS on unless he hasn't been there before. So I think that there is, you know, probably a good correlation between like type A and type B people when it comes to either, you know, being friends or falling in love, whatever you want to call it. Really just like partnering up with a human. I think a lot of the times the best kinds of relationships, whether it be platonic or romantic, are you know type a type b people because if you have i think too much of the same energy you're never going to get anything done like you're going to have that person who wants to plan everything to death but then your entire life is planned to death and nothing new or fun or exciting comes and also if you're planning and your spouse is planning and your plans aren't the same hello recipe for disaster but on the flip side if you have two people who are both super spontaneous how are you ever going to like pay your bills on time or like plan for life goals so I think it's really good to be a a wonderful chaotic mix of both kinds a type c if you will there probably is a type c that means something completely different and that's not what I'm referring to if that exists not that you know deciding to get a dog is like the biggest thing in the world you know the people are dying there's a pandemic going on there's a war happening But none of that is fun for me to think about. That all hurts my brain. So it's a lot easier to sit and like dissect the dynamics of my parents getting a new dog. Um, So again, welcome to my tangent. But I also think planning has these awful, awful impacts when it's all that you do. So for us type A people, and I'm saying us because I'm one of them, so I'm also yelling at myself, I think we need to chill the fuck out sometimes to be completely honest. I know people who, you know, get so stressed out about the littlest things when really in the grand scheme of your entire life, it does not matter. Literally does not have an impact at all. And on the flip side, the smallest things that you do could have the biggest impact. This is where Kayla would talk about the butterfly effect, but I'm not Kayla, so we'll let her do that on a different one. But I think that us type A humans focus so much on perfection and having everything figured out and having that control over your life that everyone wants to have that we don't just let ourselves enjoy the little wonderful crazy moments that happen because we're so focused on the fact that it doesn't match what we wanted to happen in our plan 
And that's so boring. Like, no wonder we get shit on all the time. Everyone's probably so tired of dealing with us and our stressful brains that really we put onto ourselves. And I think for a lot of us, or maybe I'm overspeaking, maybe it's just for me, I think that my attention to planning and my need for that control centers a lot around time and how much I do or don't have. Which, again, I think is such a crazy thing about American culture specifically, is that we are so focused on our days and our time and our hours, our minutes, whatever you want to call it, that we don't stop and enjoy normal human things. Like, I think every one of us listening has probably at some point been asked, like, oh, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? Oh, what are you going to do with your weekend? Oh, what are you going to do once you get off of work? Oh, how many hours are you going to work this week? Oh, what do you do in those hours? And it's like, dude, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I don't have an answer to all of that. I don't have a 10-year plan. I barely have a plus if you watch Friends. We love Phoebe. But I think that, you know, whether you're the person that says, hey, I have so I, I have a day off, right? Like I have today fully off. It's a holiday and I don't want to waste my day off. So what do I want to plan? What do I want to do? What do I want to, you know, activity? Do I want to pack into all those hours of my day off? And, you know, again, it all goes back to not wanting to waste your time, which like if you're having fun and you're happy, You're not wasting your freaking time. It doesn't matter how productive you should be that day. It doesn't matter if, you know, you you think, oh, I should have got more done today. As long as you're happy, guys, totally fine. Take a rest. Chill out. I also think the guilt that we feel for being lazy, like, oh my god, I didn't do anything with my day. Oh my gosh, it's already two in the afternoon. I feel so lazy. Like, where does that come from? Like, actually, where does that come from? Why are we so focused on productivity and efficiency and getting stuff done and planning our lives to death that we don't just let ourselves relax? No wonder we're all so stressed out and anxious all the time. We can't freaking chill out. And then the humans that we see who are just kind of living their life spontaneously, taking long vacations, having lots of rest, we all watch them and go, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous, but also... Do they have their life together? And you know that there's a little bit of criticism that you have on someone else or on yourself when you think that they're not doing enough or you think you're doing more than them. And I think that that is so stupid and I don't know where it comes from in our society other than like 40-hour work week, work full-time, work super hard and then relax when you're old and tired and 65. And maybe that worked for a while, but I think a lot of us are just at a different point in our lives where we're noticing that that should not be the structure of our lives. And I also don't think that this planning to death lets us prepare for unexpected life moments that we really have no control over. Like, I'm a human where if I don't have control over certain aspects of my life, I feel completely useless and completely out of whack. And I recognize that that's not healthy. And I think a lot of us should stop and also recognize that what we're doing every day probably isn't that healthy. And that we have no control really over this concept of time. I think that there's been so many conversations I've had with different people, not the same human, like a bajillion different people, 
that lately it just feels like time is going by so fast and we have no control over it. Whether that's, you know, oh my gosh, how is it already Friday? Oh my gosh, how is it the weekend already over? Or even as big as like, holy crap, you mean to tell me we're in the middle of July? What? I blinked and I thought we were in February and now this year is halfway over. What do you mean? I can't, I need to start planning for Christmas. Like we get so awestruck over how much time is passing and yet we're sitting here trying to plan out what to do with all of our time. So really we're sitting here and we feel like we don't, we either have too much time and we need to fill it up or we don't have enough time to do the things we really want to do or we have to wait to do the things we really want to do until later. But again, there's not enough time. I don't know, I might just be spitting myself into a panic attack here and that's not what we're trying to do. But really guys, I just think that planning can be so useful if you do it, you know, selectively. And also you can grow so much as a human if you just kind of relinquish control and realize that life's gonna do what life's gonna do. And you really just have to say yes and say thank you and just keep on, keep on keeping on because... <laughs> Shit's crazy out here, and I don't know where I'm going with this, but hopefully, hopefully one of you is like, yes, that right there. Whatever the heck she just said, I feel that. All right, now before I spin myself up into too much more of a frenzy, I want to circle back to kind of what I touched on about setting goals and feeling like we all have to have these big life goals and reach them, because I think that there is something really good about that. I think it's really awesome to sit down and say, hey, what kind of human do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like? And just figure out what you could be doing with your time to make you happy. Um, I think one awesome thing that I saw probably on TikTok, to be completely honest, was the concept of saying, you know, I want to be somebody who reads a lot. Or I want to be somebody who gets up and does yoga. I want to be somebody who wears really crazy awesome makeup. I want to be somebody who takes really good care of their car. I want to be somebody who's really, you know, involved with their family. Whatever it might be, fill in the blank for what applies to you. But I think a lot of the time, whatever you put into that blank, you also don't spend a lot of your time doing. So for example... You know, probably about a month or two ago, I sat down and was like, you know what? I do want to be somebody who reads. Like, I used to read all the time. I used to love it. I think, like, low-key, it made me smarter and actually made me feel like I had a sense of what the fuck I was saying in my vocabulary. And that's not there anymore. And I don't really know why that stopped. You know, other stuff, other day-to-day -day activities, standard routine, just kind of took my time from me. And I did not spend enough time reading freaking books that I sat there and I was like, I have not read a full book in probably like six to eight to 12 damn months. And that is not okay with me. So all I did, I went on Amazon. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Also Amazon sucks, but you know what I mean? Capitalism. Oof, yikes. But I went on Amazon and I bought like three different books. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a human who reads. I'm going to do it. And I finished like four books since I, I made that choice. And it's only because instead of, you know, putting mindless reality TV on the damn television or, you know, sitting on my phone doing nothing on TikTok that actually benefited me. I carved out some time 
and I said I want to be a person who reads and I read some damn books and it feels really nice to again have control of my time in that way but not with the pressure of oh I want to read 12 books before July like that's unrealistic and I think anytime you put like a really big deadline on a personal goal it makes it really intimidating and really hard to follow through so maybe don't plan that way but I do think you know having some structure of where you want your life to go and what you want to do with your time does help you become more fulfilled as a human being um, and then I think that there are ways of, of planning and ways of goal setting that are super detrimental and this take the rest of what I'm about to say with a grain of salt because I'm not a professional I really have no merits to stand on other than I'm a human being just like you trying to figure this shit out. One concept that I'm still wrangling around how much do I plan, how much do I not plan is money. It's finances and money and on one hand I have all these people yelling at me to save for retirement while my brain is like, mm, are you really gonna live that long? And then I have people saying, oh my gosh, you're only 22, go take that trip, go travel, go take a cruise, go have fun, use your money, it's okay, you're young. And I'm just like, dude, what do I do? <laughs> like, no one has given me solid advice on which way to, to go. And, and it's not like I can just blow all my money on like a two-month cruise. I can't just, you know, put all of my money towards my retirement. Like, I have bills. I pay for Netflix, like there, there are things to do there, I have rent to pay. But you know, with the money that I, I do have left over, I'm like, oh, gotta put it in my savings, gotta put it in my retirement account, gotta whatever with it, put it towards my student loans, like do the responsible thing, plan for the future. And then the other part of me is like, I am so tired of planning for the future. I just want to go get an extra large Starbucks drink and I don't care if it's $8. And you feel guilty or at least I do, about doing little shit like that for yourself. And I'm kind of fed up with it, guys. I'm kind of fed up with having to plan everything to death and feel like everything has to be so perfect and so neat that I can't go and get myself a Starbucks or I can't go and get my nails done if I want to go get my nails done. I can't go and pay, you know, X amount of money to go get my hair done. Like, no, no, I think that's so stupid. And realistically... No amount of money that you spend on Starbucks, unless you're eating there, you know, every day, three meals a day. Also, it's probably not good for you for other reasons. But unless you're literally just being obnoxious with how much you go to Starbucks, no amount of lattes with the cold foam is going to rip your bank account to shreds that you're not going to have money to do things you want to do in the future. And I think that's a really, like, comforting point to sit in. Like, no amount of Starbucks lattes are going to deprive you from owning a house one day. Your credit score might, or the interest rates on the loans might, or the fact that the housing prices keep going up might, but it's not going to be that Starbucks drink. So go get in your car, go get some Starbucks, and come home and feel better about yourself. Why do we feel so guilty about doing little things like that? I think it's so freaking stupid, and I'm really over it. Now, the other part about planning and having anxiety over the fact that you can't control anything that really grinds my gears is how much money other people make and how much money we allow other people to make 
off of our anxieties. For example, the one thing that always stresses me out the most that really shouldn't is travel insurance on freaking flights. Because on one hand, absolutely, I don't want this flight to not happen and I don't want to be stuck somewhere without travel insurance. Now I can't get out on a new flight and now nobody wants to help me. But at the same time, if the flight's not going to make it, the flight's not going to make it. Like, yeah, that's going to suck and that's going to fuck up the rest of my plans. But like, I'm not going to die. I I don't want to get on a plane that isn't ready or, you know, has problems. So if I miss the flight, I miss the flight, whatever. But why do I have to pay or why are you convincing me that I have to pay an extra $40, $70 on my already jacked up expensive plane ticket to have what some sense of comfort that you're going to help me out a little bit more than you should? Just help me, you know, like why? Why do I have to pay more money to do that? I don't. I don't get it. And that actually brings me to another really great little tangent. Um, This trip actually that we're going on next week, um, our flight times got changed pretty significantly um, like a week ago. So we were supposed to, just to give you an example of how drastic it actually was, we were supposed to land back here in Vegas at, I want to say like 1130 at night, right? On a Sunday. And now we are not landing until 6.30 in the morning on that Monday. That's a little bit of a difference, um, especially because, you know, that means that we are not leaving for the airport a lot later. Like we're not going to leave the hotel for a while, but we didn't pay for an extra night at that hotel. So now we're just kind of like out of a hotel for that day. Still don't know what we're doing there to like fix it and make it like not sad that we're just like being mooches at the airport. But it's stuff like that that we can't control. And we had to just sit down and say, you know what? F it. What's going to happen is what's going to happen. And we're just going to have to try to make the best of it because there's literally nothing we can do about it now. No amount of travel insurance is going to fix a mistake like that. Going back to the fact that planning can either help with your stress levels, maybe you're someone who needs a plan or else you're going to freak out because you don't have control over everything, or maybe you're the kind of person where having a plan for everything stresses you out and now you feel like you have to do everything perfectly and you can't mess up and you can't make mistakes. I want to talk about stress. Why does that stress us out and why do we let ourselves get stressed out about that rather than just trying to put in the energy and the time to do our best at whatever the fuck we're trying to do. We don't do it and I I don't get it. And one thing that really spoke to me this morning because I'm a bitch who reads now, guys, I finished a book today, round of applause, thank you, I appreciate it, was a sentence from this book that I'm reading and I highly recommend. Um, It's called Beautiful World, Where Are You? And I know that sounds depressing, The book is a little bit depressing, but it's really good. It really has its moments. It is, I think, a very like female audience centered book just because the characters in it are mainly female. But I recommend it to anybody if you're open to a book or you also want to be a bitch who reads. Um, It's by Sally Rooney. It was a New York Times bestseller. Highly recommend. I have no idea how much it was. Don't remember. I got it off Amazon. But in part of this book, there's a character writing a letter to a different character. And for those of you who are going to read it, I won't spoil it and tell you who. But the part that really spoke to me is that she says here, and she's talking to someone else, but she goes, everyone seems to agree It is about as bad for your health as smoking. And here she's talking about stress. And beyond a certain point, practically guarantees a major adverse health outcome. So 
stress is as bad as smoking. And if you do it for a really long time, you're going to have some kind of medical issue, right? And yet the only recommended treatment for stress is not to experience it in the first place. It's not like anxiety or depression where you can go to your doctor and get treated and hopefully experience some degree of symptomatic improvement. It's like taking illegal drugs. You're just not supposed to do it. And if you do, you should try to do it less. Which isn't that just the darndest thing? I hadn't really thought of it that way. Obviously, I've heard it before. And that's what I've been hearing for ages now from friends, family, mentors. Jenna, you stress too much. Just don't stress as much. Don't let yourself get as stressed. And even in this podcast, I've been sitting here telling you, don't worry. Don't let yourself get worried. Just don't stress about it. Be more loosey-goosey. Go with the flow. And yet... I have no practical tips to give you on how to do that, on how to just not be stressed. And apparently the medical community also has no tips on how to just not be stressed. I think there is, again, a whole capitalistic section of our economy that is dedicated to trying to not be stressed out all the time, whether that's exercise classes or guided meditation, ASMR, knitting, taking up hobbies, painting, whatever it might be. You know, there's always something, oh, spend your money here, spend your time here. Maybe you'll be a less stressed. I don't know about you, but just sitting here trying to figure out how to not be stressed out is making me stressed out. It is so easy for us to just spin ourselves up into a frenzy of what do I do? And, and obviously, like, no wonder we're stressed. You see the world we live in? Like I said, there's a pandemic, there's a war, there's inflation. Have you seen gas prices? How are we supposed to not be stressed out about these things? And how can we, in our day-to-day lives, focus on whether we plan too much or not enough and figure out what the balance is to not be so stressed out? And and I don't think I have a good answer for you. Other than, please, please take the time, take some deep breaths, and look for the moments in your life where life just kind of happened to you because you were in the right place at the right time. I'm going to say something that is a quote from a book that I'm not going to tell you what book. And if you know it, great. If you're in my life and you say it all the time, great. Hi, how are you? Thanks for listening. But the one motto many people in my life live by now is if you don't put yourself in the path of life, you're going to miss it. And I think that that's really inspiring advice because if you spend so much time in your head and you focus too much on your stress or how to not be stressed or if you're planning too much or too little or your plans going right or are they going horribly wrong, you're not going to be present in your day-to-day life to watch the wonderful things that life will bring to you and life will let happen to you that will bring you joy just by experiencing it like for example my parents getting this dog it was not in the plans it was not something that they hoped for or worried about or stressed about should we get a new dog should we wouldn't get a new dog what do we do here it was as easy as being a good human knowing they were ready for a dog at some point someone saying hey, will you help me by taking this dog? My mom going, hey, do you want a dog? People going, yeah, we kind of miss having a dog. And now boom, they're getting a dog. 
that's it. So I don't, I don't really know what any of that means for you personally. If there's something you're stressing about or maybe there's a certain aspect of your life you just can't get control of, you can't figure it out, whether it's your health and your fitness, whether it's your career, whether it's your love life, just breathe into it. Just focus day to day on what you can do to make yourself happy. Take a pause, notice the world around you, and try to be more present, try to be more grateful. And now here I am sounding like one of those ASMR guided meditation people, and I don't mean to, trust me. But I think honestly, guys, that's really all that we can do. We can just sit here and say, hey, am I worrying too much or am I avoiding things in my life like my bills or my debt or my fitness that are causing me stress? And how do I start making little improvements to those in a way that's not going to be intimidating and not going to cause a ton of undue pressure? How do I do it in a way that's helpful to me and the people around me? How do I be a better person? And how do I let more life, more joy into my day-to-day routine? Because like it or not, we, not all of us, maybe there are some of you listening and if you're out there, let me know how you're doing it. But A lot of us can't just pack up our entire lives, go live in a van or a tiny little house in the woods somewhere, on the beach somewhere, and pretend like we have no responsibilities. And even if you get super rich and have a ton of money, you're still going to have responsibilities and things to figure out. So if that's you, if you're sitting here waiting to escape, waiting for things to get better, so sorry to wake you up they're not going to unless you start doing something different. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong, but if you're not loving or liking your day-to-day routine, then do something different to make yourself like it. There's no one coming to rescue you. Life isn't just going to throw you a, a saving grace. Stop, take a breath, figure out what you want to do, and just get, get on doing it, guys. There's nothing stopping you today from training for the marathon you want to say you eventually ran there's nothing stopping you today from planning the dream vacation you've always wanted to go on there's nothing stopping you from you know working on your health or your fitness right now if you've always wanted to look a certain way or feel better you just got to find the time to do it and it's not easy and I know I'm definitely a hypocrite in saying that because there's some shit I should be working on that I'm just not But you know it's worth your time. You know it's worth your energy. You know it when you're giving your time and energy to it and you feel happy. You don't feel tired or burnt out all the time. So plan for those things if you're going to plan. Plan for more of that in your life. Plan for the people who bring you more of that joy and that feeling. And focus less on planning the shit that you know is going to get taken care of. Stop. When are you going to do laundry? When you need to. When are you going to go put gas in your car when it's empty? Like, you'll figure it out. Life will force you to figure it out. And just take comfort in the sense that you have control over a lot, but you don't have to have control over everything. So with that, I'm going to wrap this one up. We are, you know, 10 minutes over half an hour with edits will probably be less. And I'm going to let you get back to your day. Hopefully, this wasn't super depressing. (laughs) No, it's not a super fun, lighthearted topic, and I don't know how we got here. But 
hopefully it helped. Hopefully it helped one of you, two of you, maybe four or five of you who are listening to this, who just kind of needed somebody else to ramble all the thoughts that might be also in your head. So if that's the case, glad I could help. Glad to be talking to you. And um, we don't really have an official outro for these mini pods. So thanks for listening. Go plan or unplan some shit in your life today. And I will see you in the next one. Bye, guys.